The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at newbalance.com. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. What a play! Can you believe this? <laughs> no, I can't. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. Off to the races, and he stays on his feet. This is going to go the distance. Now, here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Heath. Three quarterbacks in the first four picks, two top 12 running backs. That was pretty surprising. No wide receivers for the first 19 picks, and then bam, 20 wide receiver, 21 wide receiver, 22 wide receiver, 20. I messed up. 23 wide receiver. Did I get that right? Yeah, 23 <laughs> wide receiver. I can't count. You're on a roll. It's, it's too late. It's mid. It's after midnight, 12.09 a.m. Eastern. Uh, thanks for hanging out with us. If you're watching live on YouTube, youtube.com slash fantasy football today, recapping day one of the NFL draft, only three quarterbacks, none after those first four selections. That was a little surprising. I'm Adam, got Dave, got Jamie. How, how were your mock drafts? How'd you guys do? I did better than I did last year. All right. Um, do I get credit for picking the right player at the right spot, but to the wrong team? No, uh, no. Then your your Giants uh, got me. Ah, yeah, that's tough. So did the I had banks at twenty four. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of okay, the Eagles, so wait a minute. Do I get do I get credit for Nolan Smith? I did have him. Me too. To I the said Eagles. yes. I, I did right. I had him trading down a little bit, but uh-huh. not getting him a third. Do I get credit for that? Only if I get it too. You get credit <laughs> yeah. for it. I get credit. Everybody's for Everybody's a winner. All right, winners and losers coming up in a second. I got a. I got eight quick questions for you. This is hey, real quick. Hey, real quick. Who is your favorite rookie quarterback in twenty twenty three? Anthony Richardson. Richardson. Ooh. Hey, real quick. Who's your favorite rookie quarterback in Dynasty? Richardson. Will Levis. <laughs> no. No, who, who? no. That lit Richardson? It's Richardson. I don't do don't, it's Richardson me. I mean, it's Rich, us Richardson stick together. <laughs> <laughs> if you're ranking him number one in 2023, you obviously think he's starting pretty early. Oh, we'll see. I don't think they take him at four to say, hey, Gardner Minshew, you're our guy. <laughs> um, Not unless he really sucks. Who is your favorite rookie running back in 2023? Oh. Uh, Char- Anthony Richardson. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can, is it Bijan or Gibbs? It's Bijan. You have yeah. to answer the questions. I'm sorry. They're very elementary. And in Dynasty, it's Bijan, right? Yes. Yes. Okay. I'll, I'll substitute another question. Uh, as of right now, who is pick 1.2 in Dynasty? Uh, 1QB League. Hmm. Uh, once the Lions move on from Swift, it'll be Gibbs. 
I might take the upside with Anthony Richardson. And it could be Charbonnet, depending on where he ends up. Okay, who's 1.1 in a 2QB league? Richardson. (laughs) Okay, who's your favorite? This is a fun one. Who's your favorite rookie wide receiver in 2023? And for those of you who don't know, let me just, I should probably tell everybody. All right, so Bryce Young went to the Panthers, CJ Stroud to the Texans, Anthony Richardson to the Colts. The running backs are B. John Robinson, eighth overall to the Falcons. Jameer Gibbs, 12th overall to the Lions. They traded back and they got him. And that was interesting. Ooh, Pete Prisco with a D. A D. Yeah, nobody likes running backs in the first round. I get it. Uh, pick 20. It's a terrible NFL pick. Uh, we'll come back to that. It's an interesting when the guys, pick. When the, guy, the, the players who were on the board that they passed on, Especially Detroit. I don't think they have a like very... It was bad for Atlanta to a degree, but Detroit's was ridiculous. Like Gibbs wasn't going to make it to 18. Well, that, that right. They, right. Um, they uh, also just to go back to your pick. previous question, I, I posted a, a poll when Richardson went, not knowing where Bijan went at the time because it was after the fourth pick. Who should be the 101 in Superflex leagues? Yeah. Bijan, Richardson, Bryce Young, or other? Uh, Bijan, 70% of the vote. Yeah. Okay, so so the wide receivers were Jackson Smith and Jigba to the Seahawks, Quentin Johnston to the Chargers, Zay Flowers to the Ravens, and Jordan Addison to the Vikings. So now back to, hey, real quick, who's your favorite rookie wide receiver in 2023? Addison. Jordan Addison. To the Vikings. Who's your favorite rookie wide receiver in Dynasty? Addison. Uh, give me the chance to change my answer and one to two days, but for now, it's Smith and Jigba. Look at Thomas Schaefer pumping. He's so pumped about Addison to the Vikings. <laughs> Love it. All right. Um, Thomas, get, get to work. I'll figure out who won the draft contest. Huh? Yeah. Thank you all, by the way, for your submissions. Hey, real quick, Dalton Kincaid or Kyle Pitts in 2023? Oh, stop it. <laughs> okay, wait. Before you say that, I kind of feel like Dawson Knox outscored Kyle Pitts each of the last two years. He definitely did in 2021, in 2022. Yeah. On a per game basis, Dawson Knox outscored Kyle Pitts each of the last two seasons. I'm just, I'm just saying Kyle Pitts, team just drafted Bijan Robinson and Dalton Kincaid's on the bills. It's not that crazy. It is crazy. <laughs> Cause Knox is still there. Oh, forget him. Well, the Bills aren't forgetting him. They're changing. They're changing the way they're going to look at teams. Their DM already said so. Geno Smith or Dak Prescott? You can move up Geno ahead stop. of him. <laughs> well, he, was he that? Okay, fine. Geno Smith or um, Daniel Jones? Uh, Daniel Jones. That's close. I'll take Geno. Okay. Geno was really good last year, man. He's a top five quarterback. Now he's got JSN. All right. Yes, but his top five quarterback at 20 point whatever points per game it was was not exactly the most overwhelming season. I love watching reruns of Card Sharks on JSN. <laughs> uh, okay. What are we? I don't even know what we're promoting today. Check out the With the First Pick podcast. You should definitely do that. They're going to talk about all the results. And Ryan, very anti Will Levis. He looks smart now. And. Uh, we have an episode for you tomorrow night at, well, I guess it's, I don't know when you're listening to this after day two, after day three, and then we'll be back on Monday to recap it all. And we've got mock drafts next week. We've got the dynasty show with Heath. We got some great stuff coming up.
Let's talk. Uh, the Dynasty show on Tuesday will be uh, live rookie only mock draft. That makes sense. Boy, that's a good that's a good Dynasty show. Um, would you like to know to uh, get you to Jameer Gibbs? Maybe the weirdest pick of the night. Um, how would you think of these guys? I'm going to tell you the, the, these running backs. How would you rate them for their careers? Kevin Jones. Not great. Javid Best. <laughs> uh, injuries ruined his career. Michael Ashore. <laughs> Injury ruined his career. Amir Abdullah. Oh, I know you're heartbroken about Little that. Little Dab Abdullah. Little Dab Abdullah. Uh, DeAndre Swift. He's a very good player. I, I, yeah, injuries have ruined his career. These are well, five running backs. A lot of guys who went right in the first or second round by the Detroit Lions. Injuries ruined their career. And here's here's 200 pound Jameer Gibbs, who's never been a, a dominant full time back. Maybe in high school he was, um, getting the opportunity in Motown. So what's worse, that list or the list of quarterbacks who were selected number two overall in the last 26 mm-hmm. seasons, which would be Ryan Leaf, Donovan McNabb, RG3, Marcus Mariota, Carson Wentz, Mitchell Trubisky, Zach Wilson, and now CJ Stroud. It's really not that bad because McNabb was great. RG3 was really good as a rookie and they tore his ACL. Mariota's had an okay career. Carson Wentz, you know, was playing at an MVP level before he got hurt. You got Trubisky, you got Zach Wilson, you got Ryan Leaf on there. That's that's not good, but uh, number two overall quarterback. It's it's kind of a dicey history. So let's do some winners and losers, uh, NFL veterans or incoming rookies. Dave, you can start. Give me uh, some winners from day one of the NFL draft. Let's start with the most obvious one: the Philadelphia Eagles DST, <laughs> who, who who for one year will just absolutely they should absolutely dominate because well, they only already got. Good veterans. Well, the veterans are eventually going to move on. We're talking about Brandon Graham and Fletcher Cox moving on. Um, but the, they'll restock again with more Georgia Bulldogs in the 2024 draft. <laughs> and they'll be outstanding. So that's my first winner. Uh, I think Bijan's a winner. We were worried about him going to the Chargers, the Bills, uh, the Cowboys, at least for one year. Um, but And he went to a team where he should dominate touches, and it's a team that loves to run the ball and a team that's got an amazing run scheme, great offensive line, very, very bullish on B. John Robinson. And uh, just to kind of piggyback off that, Tony Pollard, winner so far. Okay. So Eagles DST. and <laughs> That was kind of a joke. No, but, you know, it's not. It's, it was a good night for them, for sure. I can understand. I always, you know, people... There's these guys like Nolan Smith you see get dra- get in mock drafts. He goes very high, and then he ends up being the 30th pick. The Carter thing, I mean, we know why he, he slipped down to nine. They traded up from 10 to nine. Uh, I wonder about the non-kind of off-field guys. And He only had 12 and a half sacks, Nolan Smith, in his four seasons at Georgia. So I don't know if, every, if NFL GMs are just all idiots for passing him up or if he's overrated. Um, you know what it kind of reminds me of? Uh, who did the Jets get? Oh, the, the FSU pass rusher last year, right? And he didn't really... Do, uh, yeah, Jermaine Johnson. He didn't really do much last year, as I recall. I can't say that with certainty, but it's not like he... It, it, people were acting like they stole the draft because people were, were mocking him as a top 10 pick, potentially, as one of the Jets' uh, early picks. So it reminds me a little bit of that. We'll see. Um, Jamie, who you got? B. John Robinson, Tony Pollard, also winners for Dave. Who you got as winners? Uh, Gabe Davis. 
And the fact that the Bills didn't take a receiver, that they took a tight end, you know, and, and the fact that it's not going to be somebody that plays on the outside. You know, there, there's been a lot of, is Gabe Davis the right number two to play opposite Stephon Diggs? And so the fact that, at least as of now, you know, they can still bring in DeAndre Hopkins, clearly. But um, if, uh, if, if they escape without adding another premier receiver, which, you know, they, they did with the first round, um, Gabe Davis is a winner. Um, I'll, I'll go back to Anthony Richardson going to a team that has, you know, a, a coach that knows how to use a running quarterback and not a, a, a strong starter in place. Um, he could be a number one fantasy quarterback by the end of the season based on what he should be able to do with his legs. And we know what those guys have been like in years past, these uh, premier running quarterbacks. He might be, you know, one of the best by the time his, his career is done, at least hopefully, in terms of how he projects. And then uh, you could just lump all the, the veteran quarterbacks that got – receivers into one category geno smith justin herbert kirk cousins um all these guys you know come out of the draft looking like winners because they got weapons so nice to see yeah. uh i mean lamar jackson's probably the big winner overall right, we should talk about that right <laughs> signs a you know, five-year deal and gets safe flowers yeah and and you know just looking at this receiving core now um with a change in coordinator you got to feel a lot better about lamar jackson's situation you know so if Beckham has anything left in the tank, you know, Zay Flowers, we were talking about, could be the best receiver in his class. You know, wouldn't be surprised if he is. Um, a healthy Rashad Bateman, it looks a hell of a lot better than it did a week ago, you know, for, for Baltimore right now. So why don't you guys rank those four quarterbacks? I'll say them in the order of how of their NFL draft picks today. Geno Smith getting Jackson Smith and Jigba, Justin Herbert getting Quentin Johnston, Johnston being the bigger outside guy, whereas the other guys are more slotty, slot uh, specific. Slotty? Uh, slot, you know, slotty. They're slotty. <laughs> um, Geno Smith, Justin Herbert, Kirk Cousins. Oh, no, sorry. Lamar Jackson getting Zay Flowers, Kirk Cousins getting Jordan Addison. How would you? Obviously, there's kind of two different tiers here, but Dave, how would you rank those four quarterbacks? Lamar one, Herbert right behind him, Cousins, a big gap, then Kirk Cousins, and then a smallish gap, Geno Smith. Jamie? Yeah, I would agree. Um, I, I had Herbert ahead of Lamar before the contract, and now that he's got his contract, I, I think it's easy to, to go back to Lamar based on what his legs should be able to do by comparison just to you know Justin Herbert's upside as a passer. But uh, they're very close, and then Cousins and then um, Geno. And if let's say Lamar Jackson just signed his contract today, but they did not draft a wide receiver in the first round, would you still have Herbert ahead of Jackson or would you have made that move regardless? No, I Jackson. Once he signed the deal, you know, it's look what he's had in years past, you know, Marquise Brown was, was good, but you know, not that that was the biggest difference maker in Lamar Jackson's game. You know, he's got 4,000, 1,000 potential and that's hard to overlook. Especially now there's two other factors that helped me put Lamar over Herbert before Zay Flowers. Number one, it's a different offense. Todd Monken, different cat than Greg, uh, Greg uh, Roman. I'm oh, Rose. Me too. I did say Olsen. I'm sorry, Greg Roman. Yeah. Yeah. Not correct. Yeah. Greg Roman. And I, I think that that'll help keep opponents guessing against Baltimore, which makes their offense better. And number two, did either of you feel like maybe last year Lamar could have come back and played? but didn't because of his contract situation. I mean, there was certainly talk of that, you know, he sort of, you know, I, I think tried to, you know, squash that. I, I would, I would think that for a team that was leading the division when he went down, if I remember correctly, um, he does not strike me as that type of guy. 
So I, I would be surprised if that was the case now, you know, well, it won't again, be the case anymore. Well, I mean, you never know, you know, now that he's got his guaranteed money, uh, you know, he, he may feel like, okay, I, I don't need to go out there and, and prove anything, but I, I, I don't think he's that type of player that he was going to loaf it because he was trying to, you know, save himself. I think if he could have gotten the team to the playoffs at a hundred percent, he would have, he would have done so. All right. When we come back, we'll take a quick break here. We got losers to get to. I'm going to tell you why I think you are wrong about Anthony Richardson, Dave and Jamie. So be ready for that. We'll be right back on Fantasy Football Today. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. All right, earlier in the show, Dave and Jamie said Anthony Richardson was their QB1 among the rookies for 2023 and also a dynasty. Yep. Yep. Yeah, that's fine. I think my issue is looking at him. I mean, raw is obviously a word that gets thrown around a lot. And you got to say. Don't go there. He, as a passer, he is not, I don't think he's going to step in and be successful. And I don't think he's okay. necessarily... That's not raw, though. I don't think he's going to start... Well, when you have a 53% completion rate, I hope you're raw. Otherwise, you're just inaccurate. And I know there were drops and all that, but he uh, his completion rate is among the lowest that we've ever seen, or at least in the last like 20... Since Cam Newton uh, for a first-round quarterback. So, obviously, this guy's a lot of work to do, and I don't think it's crazy for him to sit behind Gardner Minshew for a little while if he's not ready. I don't, I don't think that's that's ridiculous at all. I think they do draft him, even if they plan on sitting him in week one, or even if they're open-minded to sitting him in week one. I don't think they draft him at four and say, okay, he needs to be our day one starter. And also, I mean, there is... I personally agree. I think he is going to be good. I think they're going to, for fantasy at least. I think when you look at Jalen Hurts and his struggles, when you look at what Justin Fields became from a fantasy perspective last year, when you look at Cam Newton and Lamar Jackson, I mean, Lamar Jackson was not a polished passer. These coaches know how to figure out a way to make these guys work. So I'm optimistic about him, but obviously he's got some downside here. Uh, You know, like I, a lot of, I think a lot of people don't think he's a good quarterback uh, yet. They're just hoping he will become one. So do we need to pump the brakes on Anthony Richardson? I'm making the case that we do. Uh, I mean, I guess it's just relative to where you're pumping the brakes on. You know, you're, you're saying pump the brakes on him to draft him for fantasy. If you're, as, if you're deciding between, yeah, in a dynasty draft, when you're deciding between him and I mean, I, I, and yeah, if, if you're deciding between him and, and Bijan, I mean, that's, that's the obvious place to start when you're talking a, a super flex league. And so that's where, you know, I think people have to make that decision because if he hits and you're talking about a 10 year run, 
if you want to go a five-year run, you know, put him in the Lamar Jackson category. That's one potentially or a few dominant seasons, you know, or where Justin Fields is now hopefully ascending to, you know, based on what we saw or Jalen Hurts. So you have to take that into consideration, knowing that the running back value is like a car. Once it comes off the lot, it starts to get worse and worse. You know, there could be a good two or three year stretch. And then, you know, un- unfortunately that position just is what it is. So that, that I think is a, is a tough call, but I think when you're comparing him to this class of, of his position, you know, Bryce Young is tiny and you don't know how that's going to materialize. You know, we've already seen Kyler Murray get hurt, you know, four years in or multiple well, times. But, over, multiple, over. but we see running quarterbacks get hurt all the time. So I think you got to throw that. Well, I mean, is, 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 is that, yeah, that that's true. But you know, it, it's, to, to what extent are, are, are these injuries? You know, is it Justin Fields banged up shoulder type injury? Is it Jalen Hurts, you know, dealing with, I think, what do you have, shoulder injury too? Yeah. Um, and Lamar you know, or Jackson. Is it, or is it RG3 tearing his ACL, you know, in year one? But Russell Wilson ran the early part of his career and, you know, avoided injury. Russell Wilson was also small and he avoided injury. Bam! Yeah, no, yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, I, I, he was short, I don't know. not small. Oh, it's true, it's true. I, I, I think... For me, the, the the quarterback comparison is easy because if he hits, he's going to be better than Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud, even if, if, if they hit, because of what he'll do with his legs. You know, so that that's to me a no brainer. Um, when you start to compare him to other positions, you know, that's where I think you have obviously a lot more different directions to go. Yeah, I, I think people. Uh, I think you just said it, Jamie, and I don't necessarily agree that if he hits, he'll be better than Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud. Uh, because in six point per passing touchdown leagues, I think people maybe maybe overlook how important you got to be a great passer to be the best quarterback. Um, the year Lamar Jackson finished number one, he threw with thirty five plus touchdown passes. So you can't just get there with your legs. Uh, people, I I feel like people get a little bit too you know obsessed with running quarterbacks. But anyway, Dave, go ahead. You don't seem to agree with anything I'm saying. Because uh, hundred and twenty five passing yards is the same as fifty rushing yards. And so if, if a if a rushing quarterback gets you 50 rushing yards and a touchdown, that's the, the equivalent of 125 passing yards and a touchdown. And they're still going to be able to put up a couple hundred passing yards on top of that, which means the non-running quarterback has to get 300 yards, has to get two or three touchdowns to keep up with those rushing quarterbacks. It's a cheat code. We've talked about it for years and years. And this is the, the one thing that he can be ready to do when he steps onto the field for the Colts is, is run an RPO and it's going to be with Jonathan Taylor. That's going to be an amazing combination for Indianapolis. That's going to be something that defenses are going to have to pack a lunch for. He has arguably more talent than the other two guys right now around him. Yeah. Uh, well, sure. Sure. Yeah. Can I ask you a question? We'll, we'll go on to yeah. your losers. Maybe. How, how is this? Let's say a, is a Bryce young versus Anthony Richardson argument different than a Joe Burrow versus uh, Lamar Jackson argument? Because I would take Burrow in dynasty in a six point per passing touchdown league. And yeah, and I, that would be my case for taking Bryce Young ahead of, uh, ahead of Anthony Richardson in a six point. Per but passing would touchdown you, league. would you have said that though, Burrow coming off his best season and Lamar Jackson coming off his best season? No. Yeah. You, no, I wouldn't, wouldn't have. And, but, and, but and now again, I've seen you multiple know, seasons. Yeah, true. But you're also you have the ability to look at what what Joe Burrow has around him. I mean, that's a big part of it, you know, and that that's a big plus for Joe Burrow. You know, it's it's a luxury that most quarterbacks don't have to have that receiving core. 
That's an interesting question maybe for another show is, I mean, do you even look at these guys and what they have around them right now and factor that in? Because, you know, it's gonna, it might change as soon as tomorrow for these, for as soon as Friday night. Sure, for but, guys. like, I mean, Bryce, Young, Bryce Young's receiving core is terrible. Yeah. And, yeah, but it's and, not going to stay that way. Well, it, it, it might this year. And CJ Stroud right. might this year, you know, and but they're you know, going to add guys. I, you can't. Sure, but you would, you would, you would anticipate the Colts adding guys too. I mean, it's not like okay, these two teams are going to add, and, and and the Colts don't. Right. You know, but they're what they're not going to do is add the rushing talent. I'm sorry. And we so, oh, go ahead. Yeah, we have to talk. I'm about just B. saying, John they're and these Young guys, and Stroud aren't going to run for even like 600 yards in a season. I don't see that happening, and that's the floor for Anthony Richardson and. He's already started making progress on on his mechanics. You saw it at his pro day. You saw it at the combine. His footwork's getting a little bit better. That will help his accuracy. And whatever Shane Steichen learned about developing Jalen Hurts, he can apply to Anthony Richardson. Richardson isn't a dummy. He should be able to get it. And uh, the, the last piece of the puzzle will be getting an explosive playmaker at receiver. And when they do that, you could really see Anthony Richardson legitimately become one of the top three or four quarterbacks in fantasy. I have a hard time leaving that on the table in a dynasty rookie only draft. Okay. Let's, uh, before we do losers, I think people really want to hear about B. John Robinson and Jameer Gibbs and what you think about them. So as of right now, first of all, this idea, Deandre Swift is not going to be on the lions anymore. Do you guys feel that way that they will move on from him? If I'm every team that needs a running back, I'm calling the lions and saying, here is, a fifth-round pick, a sixth-round pick, a seventh-round pick, something conditional that may turn into something if he has some playing time incentives. I mean, it just makes no sense that, first of all, the Lions had one of the more puzzling drafts. You know, to get Gibbs at 12 and then Campbell, um, an off-the-ball linebacker, you know, they they obviously don't subscribe to a lot of what the positional needs are for, for most teams. Yeah. Um, oh, man. But just, oh. I, I, I think I, I said this to, to Dave when we did the – we, we did these vignettes on, on YouTube on these players. Um, I, I, as a dynasty manager, I'm going to go make offers to the DeAndre Swift owners right now or managers right now um, because he may end up by the time this weekend is over in a much better situation than he's in right now. And, and clearly, if you ha- have DeAndre Swift on your dynasty team, you're pretty frustrated. So, you know, take advantage of somebody who doesn't think that he's going to get moved. I hope he gets moved. So, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's just it's just strange, you know, for for what they did to sign David Montgomery and then to draft Gibbs twelfth overall. I don't I don't understand it. They're going back in on the Jamal Williams DeAndre Swift combo from last year, but they're doing it with younger players, um, with a little bit more juice to them. And I know, like you've got a bad running back to have less juice than David Montgomery, but that's what Jamal Williams was. I don't know if Gibbs has more juice than DeAndre Swift, though. He just has, I think, a better track record of health in the minds of the Lions. And Dan Campbell and the the coaching staff there does not obviously value DeAndre they Swift. They don't trust him. Yeah. To stay healthy. All right. So I, for, I, for the record, I love the Gibbs pick because I think the Lions really need explosiveness on offense. Uh, Monroe St. Brown's great, but he's not that. J- uh, Jamison Williams, I think he's that. But he's suspended and hasn't done much so far, so I don't mind it at all. But so I understand they it's had gone receiver there instead. Yeah, but which receiver would they take if they wanted that? Yeah, I, I mean, I you can make and, a case for you can make a case for any of those guys to help 
in, in a variety of ways. But I mean, Gibbs does. I, I know there's some redundancy with, with Smith and the Jigba and, and Amara St. Brown, but if they're as good as one has shown and one could be, you make that work. I mean, you know, if you wanted to get a bigger receiver, Quinn Johnson would have made some sense. You wanted to get a guy that has, you know, an opportunity to do a variety of things. Jordan Addison or, say, Flowers would have made some sense. You know, I, I think that opens up your offense even more so. At one of the two picks. Yeah. I don't know. People really love Gibbs. They really, I've, yeah, well, just listening to a lot of people that I respect and their opinions on Gibbs. I I think he's going to be a real big difference maker for them. But okay. Anyway, I want to know where you guys are ranking them as of right now. Is Bijan Robinson a first round pick? Yes. He's close. Ken Walker or Bijan Robinson? Bijan Robinson. Yeah. Okay. So we know the top four. In some order, McCaffrey, Eckler, Barkley, Taylor. Who's five? Bijan? Bijan Robinson. Pollard. The fact that the Cowboys uh-huh. got out of this without a uh, one of the, the better rookies. I mean, we'll see, you know, as long as they don't surprise us. But right now, Pollard. Okay. Subject to change, but right now, Pollard. Okay. That's the, and then six, six Bijan for you, Jamie? Yes. I love you. Know, I was looking back at some of the stud rookie running backs who got drafted early. Like Zeke, drafted early in fantasy drafts, Zeke, Barkley, guys we expected to be really good, even Najee Harris. They actually all outperformed their ADP. Even when we thought they were going to be really good, they were even better. So if someone tells you that you're drafting Bijan Robinson too early, it's very possible you are drafting him too late. I mean, it wouldn't be a surprise this guy's number one. He's that good. Are they going to throw to him? Give me a number. How many yeah. catches do you think Bijan Robinson's going to have? 42. I would say 35. Okay. Hard to be number one at that in PPR, but we'll see. Um, okay, Gibbs, Jameer Gibbs. Uh, okay, I had a Twitter poll. Uh, who's your favorite Lions running back? I put all three of them up there, and Gibbs was winning. I'm sh- assuming you guys are there. Uh, where are you drafting Jameer Gibbs as of now? Sorry, I'll just tell you the results real quick. Jameer Gibbs, 53.5% of the vote. Ly- which Lions running back are you drafting first? I even put half PPR. Gibbs gets over half the vote, and the other two basically split it. Uh, so uh, give me a round, Dave, on Jameer Gibbs. I'm going to say late round six on Jameer Gibbs. Wow. Is it PPR? Yeah. Half, okay. Jamie, how about Half you? PPR, maybe that's round seven. I'm still taking Montgomery first. Yeah, me too. Um, I would say probably round seven, and that's if Swift is gone. I'm yeah, going to tell just, you that. I'm he, assuming he, that if Swift is there, he's not playing that much. In PPR leagues, I Jameer Gibbs is going, I think he's going to go way earlier than that. Uh, I think people are going to mm-hmm. look at this almost like Jonathan Taylor and Marlon Mack in that nobody's going to believe in David Montgomery. And everyone's going to be yeah. clamoring for Gibbs. There's just one problem with that. This is, yeah, guy, what's the problem? I think Dan Campbell believes in David Montgomery. Maybe. Especially at the goal line. Well, I'll, I'm going to bring up the stats on Gibbs at the goal line. I'll, I'll share it with everybody. Give me 60 seconds. Yeah, and while you do that, I'll, I'll remind everyone of what their offensive coordinator said. Ben Johnson, I believe it was him. He said, we need running backs who are going to turn a four-yard run into something bigger, basically. They were disappointed with... The, the meat on the bone, basically, from last year. I don't know if that was a just the Jamal Williams thing or a Williams and Swift thing, but 
Um, Jamie, what do you think? Uh, oh, yeah, there was a, we just saw a graphic comparing Barry Sanders to Jameer Gibbs. Why did you mention Barry Sanders when you were talking about all those Lions running backs? Well, I mean, it's since Barry Sanders, and you're talking about one of the best of all time. Um, I, I, I agree with Dave. I, I think this is going to be another situation where he just doesn't get enough touches. Now, I just spent some time recently, I, I mentioned this on a previous show, with the guy who trained Jameer Gibbs for the NFL Combine, uh, Tony Villani, who's worked at XP Sports. You've heard me mention him many times over the last several years. He's been training guys for the Combine for 20 years, 20 plus years. Um, and he said almost exactly what, what you referenced in terms of Ben Johnson. This is before he was drafted, so no idea where he was going to go. But I said, is he going to be a featured type of running back, or is he more of a specialty back? And he said he'll start out as a specialty back. But once he hits one of these two home runs, or hits a few home runs, it's hard to keep those guys off the field is what you know, Tony told me. And so is he going to be a 250-plus carry guy? I don't think so, but I think he could be you know, a 200, 220 total touch guy and still be pretty special. So I, I wouldn't shock me if he's better than Montgomery, but I do think that if the blueprint is what we saw a year ago, I don't think David Montgomery soaring 17 touchdowns, but I think 10 is realistic. And I think if he scores 10 touchdowns, if he's healthy in that role, knowing how many one-yard touchdowns that they had, that's, that's going to be hard for Gibbs to outscore him, especially if Swift is still there because – that's how you maximize Swift's potential is to use him in the passing game as well. So um, I think if they keep Swift, it's hard for Gibbs to hit his ceiling if Montgomery's healthy as well. But, you know, in one injury, he could be easily uh, a superstar caliber player. Dave, you got your stat? I got my stats. Hit it. Uh, last year with Alabama, okay? Awesome program. He was their lead back. He played 53.5% of the offensive snaps for Alabama. And uh, when he was in Georgia Tech, he transferred to, from Georgia Tech to Alabama. When he was at Georgia Tech, he was sharing with Jordan Mason. So these are two different coaching staffs that believe that Gibbs is not a full-time guy. And maybe it's college. They don't have to do that. They've got so much talent. They don't need to put it all on, on Gibbs' plate. Uh, he played in three years of college football, 113 snaps and 46 carries in the red zone. 20 snaps and six carries inside the five-yard line. Once again, two different coaching staffs looking at Jameer Gibbs and saying, yeah, I'm not sure if he's the right guy to play in short yardage situations. And the one other thing that I noticed with him when I watched his film, it's in the draft profile that I wrote leading up to today, is that he's not a physical punishing running back. He averaged just 2.2 yards per carry when he was contacted two yards past the line of scrimmage or lower. So behind the line of scrimmage and he's hit, he's not getting you anything. Um, a couple yards past the line of scrimmage, not going to get you much. He's an explosive play type of wide receiver. We can still sit here and Running say back, that he's yeah. got an Alvin Kamara type of ceiling, but I, I think he's got a, a pretty serious floor too. And I think the Lions doing understanding what happened with DeAndre Swift, I think they've got to try and manage him a little bit. And that's why I don't see him with the same rose-colored glasses that a lot of others do, certainly a lot of our commenters do, uh, as far as being that superstar in Detroit. I still think Montgomery is going to take a lot of meaningful work away. I do like the the Freudian slip, though, because we see a receiving core right now that is down an explosive guy for six games and Jamison Williams and Marvin Jones being what he is at this point in his career, that if they do keep Swift for a guy that led Alabama in receptions 
last year, which Gibbs did with 44, you know, could he be used not exclusively as a wide receiver, but certainly a lot more than maybe their traditional running back. So yeah, could be interesting to see what they do there. Uh, yeah. So the, the issue with Gibbs is size. He's five, nine, one ninety nine. That's what he weighed out at, at the combine. And he's pretty similar to what Christian McCaffrey was. McCaffrey was two Oh two Gibbs is one ninety nine, but McCaffrey two inches taller, five eleven to five nine. Uh, but that is a compare. Kamara, McCaffrey are the comps for Jameer Gibbs. Okay, how about the wide receivers? So Addison, you guys said was your favorite rookie wide receiver. I did a Twitter poll asking for twenty twenty three. For twenty twenty three, yeah, sorry. I did a Twitter poll asking the same thing, and Addison had thirty four percent of the vote. Jackson Smith and Jigba with Seattle had twenty nine percent. Zay Flowers had twenty three percent. Quentin Johnston had fourteen percent. Uh, so if Addison is your favorite, how high up in the rankings and around who, around which other wide receivers are we looking at him, Jamie? Oh, he won't probably crack the top 35. Uh, I mean, I, I almost think I'm going to put him where I had KJ Osborne, you know, which is low forties or high, yeah. you know, right around I had Osborne 50th. Um, so it's, I don't think any of these guys barring something happening, step into a role where they're must-start fantasy receiver. I mean, you know, Smith and Jigba's fighting for targets with two very good receivers. Um, Quentin Johnson, same thing. Uh, I, I think just Addison right now, you know, knowing that Osborne still has to prove himself, but, you know, the first-round pedigree versus where Osborne went is a little bit, you know, in the favor of Addison. So that's why he's my favorite. I got to go do HQ, so I'll be back. Okay. Well, that's really interesting. Do you agree, Dave? Not going to be a top 36 receiver? I do. Um, I'm just looking at some of my low-end number three wide receivers in my rankings. Christian Kirk, Mike Evans, Jahan Dotson, Brandon Ayuk. I think he could be close to them projection-wise. I don't think any of these guys are necessarily slam dunk, thousand-yard, seven-touchdown wide receivers. And, and I, I kind of feel like that's where Addison falls short. I think he's like 906 on like 60 catches, something like that. Um, yeah. And I almost think the story for 2023 for all of these four receivers is which one, which one gets the big opportunity because of an injury to one of their teammates. And if, if that's the criteria, then you're a, you're not going to feel really good about drafting any of them um, before 80th overall. And two, you might kind of point to Zay Flowers and say, okay, he's the receiver playing with um, an underwhelming young receiver who got hurt last year in Rashad Bateman and with a veteran plus 30-year-old Odell Beckham who's torn two ACLs. I mean, and, and I think that's where Flowers' path is to potentially breaking through that 906 stat line that I laid out for, for Addison. I'm going to make a a strong case here for Addison, and it is so easy. And this has to remind Vikings fans of 2020. They lose Stefan Diggs, and 22nd overall, they draft Justin Jefferson. This year, they lose Adam Thielen, and 23rd overall, they draft Jordan Addison. Was Jefferson, by the way, the fourth wide receiver off the board that year? No, he was the fifth wide receiver. I think that I think you're right. Yeah, I, I'm looking at it now. It was Ruggs, Judy, Lamb, Jalen Rager, Justin Jefferson. You oh. got a guy who is yeah. stepping in. Like, I'm sorry, KJ Osborne. You know, Addison is, is uh, you know, from a college standpoint, 
completely on a completely different level. He is stepping into an offense that became extremely pass heavy last year. Uh, they were one of the most pass heavy teams. And remember when they drafted Jefferson, they were still in the Mike Zimmer era. Now they're in the Stefanski era, and they Stefanski. Throw... Oh, you mean sorry, uh, not yeah, not Stefanski. Sorry, who's their freaking coach? Kevin O'Connell? O'Connell. They're, they're, um, they were they had the third highest pass rate last year. Yes, it's okay. I, I made a Freudian slip. Maybe that was a Freudian slip. Well, yeah. Either way, they, they, they had the third highest team. pass rate last year at sixty-four percent. I don't see that changing anytime soon. They're passing team. You're gonna tell me Hawkinson is a concern? I mean, uh, there's a validity to that. No. I think Hawkinson's a loser here. I think he Addison. Is. I think Addison has huge upside. You know, you don't have to draft him at that upside, but I am making it a point. One of like the one calls I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about forever is I was the Justin Jefferson guy three years ago, and everybody made fun of me for it. And then I dropped him in week two for for uh, that scrub on the Peyton Barber. Peyton Barber. Uh, oh man! And uh, I can't remember anything tonight. And I think Addison has a similar opportunity here. Of course, I'm not going to say he's going to be Jefferson, but he has a similar opportunity to have that boom year. He does not need an injury. Uh, to anyone else on his team. Oh boy. Well, I I think I, I look, I, I obviously tend to lean with you on this because I have him as my favorite receiver for 2023. And I think that'll probably say the case no matter who else gets drafted along the way. But I, I don't know if that necessarily means that he's about to fall into 125 targets and catch 80 passes and get 1100 yards. You know, he's also not a perfect prospect. He had a drops issue. Um, he went to Southern Cal after balling out at Pitt with Kenny Pickett and his numbers weren't as good. Yeah. And he was playing with Caleb Williams. Who's, you know, supposedly better than every quarterback that's in this draft. I'm I'm a little more hesitant than you are to just shove the chips in on Jordan Addison. Well, David, particularly if, since Adam, he's playing with the guy that before today was a slam dunk 101 in fantasy PPR. Yeah, no, that's fine. But you're t- I'm saying if he's really going to be something like wide receiver 40 in ADP, I will throw all my chips in. If it starts becoming where he's in the top 30 and I have to choose between him and like, DK Metcalf or something. and Right. You're and, talking about a round eight pick. And, I, and by, I would, by the time he gets a round eight, you're yeah. firing darts on upside anyway. Right. And I think he'd be a terrific pick. I would take him over Jahan Dotson, for example. But some of the other names you said, like Mike Evans versus Addison, that's that's tough. That's very tough. Uh, okay. So uh, those are the wide receivers. The other guys are obviously going to be later than that. I'm sorry. I know there are a lot of things that I'm not really covering today, but I, we just can't. Um, but luckily it's, you know, it's April. <laughs> so we have plenty of time to get to that, but I know there are going to be a lot of things I forget the wide receiver. I, let me, we got to get to losers. Maybe this will be a segue into losers. I need to get your thoughts on the Seattle Seahawks wide receivers and the chargers wide receivers. And we're going to come back to that after we take a break on fantasy football today. All right. It's Adam and Dave here. Jamie had a hop off to do CBS sports HQ. He might come back on in a little bit. Uh, but obviously it's a busy night for us. I hope you've been uh, enjoying our draft coverage. There's everything on cbsports.com. Just check it out. Terrific draft coverage for you. Now we got grades out for all the picks and your teams get grades and all those wonderful things. Uh, all right, so why don't, we, why don't we get your losers, Dave, and 
if that brings us into DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, Mike Williams, Keenan Allen, great. If not, I'll ask yeah, you about them separately. All right, yeah. go, go for it. I mean, there's there's three teams. I mean, four. Well, yeah, there's four teams full of losers uh, among pass catchers. We already talked about how TJ Hawkinson is going to be impacted by Jordan Addison. It, it takes the ceiling off of him. Um, we talked about Odell Beckham and Rashad Bateman, and obviously the, the Ravens kind of telling us that they need more juice in their passing game and that Beckham and Bateman, they can't count on for that juice anymore. So it hurts them. Um, Michael Pittman and to another degree, Alec Pierce, I think it, it hurts that they've got a running quarterback now, particularly since there could be some inaccuracy issues. But you, you think about you think about Richardson and Jonathan Taylor in the red zone, and we already knew that Michael Pittman had a hard time getting targets in the red zone anyway. Now it's it's going to be even tougher for him to pick up touchdowns. He's going to need good volume. I'm not sure he's going to get it. And then last but not least, it's all of the Seattle. Oh, I'm sorry. Who who was having trouble getting red Pittman. zone? Michael Pittman. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. I was thinking about. I mean, there were some games where he got a couple, but. Yeah. Okay. Pittman. Yeah. Pittman right. to me, Pittman's a loser. He, yeah. Big time. Okay. And then the Seahawks wide receivers. I, I I get that like Seattle at 20 had a luxury pick and they didn't necessarily have a need. And that's why they took Smith and Jigba. And I think, I think in dynasty you'll bet on his talent and eventually it will play out. Eventually his quarterback will not be Geno Smith. Eventually, he will not share the field with Tyler Lockett. Eventually, he might prove to be a better receiver than DK Metcalf. Silly as it sounds as we sit here right now, uh, he's a really good player. He's a really good wide receiver. He's very quick. He's got great routes. He's got great hands. He will make his quarterbacks better. It's just a matter of what kind of opportunities will he get in his rookie year and if Lockett sticks around in his second year. I mean, does he really elevate to being the number one target getter in an offense that Pete Carroll talks about wanting to run the football in all the time? Makes me nervous. Makes me nervous for 2023, maybe less nervous about Dynasty. Yeah, it's it's weird. I think it's been now five straight years that the number three receiver, not wide receiver, just number three receiver on the Seahawks has had less than 500 yards. They have been a team... With two guys, whether that was, you know, it's been Metcalf for four years. I think it may, I don't think it was Baldwin the year before that, but it may have been. But it's been the Lockett era, basically. It's just been two guys. And this changes things. I mean, this is really confusing to me, Dave. I don't know how it's going to play. I'm not afraid to say it. I just don't know how it's going to play out. Obviously, Lockett's getting up there in age, so. That's a replacement, you know, down the line, but he's it's a, it's, still had yeah, a great year. And I don't think it's going to be this year. You know, if, if they still have to eat $7 million in cap if they cut him before the season starts this year. Next year, it's the same $7 million that they'll have to eat, but they'll save more against the cap if they cut him before next year. And they love him, and he's productive. So I don't see how the Seahawks just wash their hands of Tyler Lockett yeah. and insert Jackson Smith and Jigba into that role. We might have to wait. You might have to be very patient with him if you take him in dynasty. And some people don't want to be that patient. 
I made the point last week that if you go back and you look at, at the history, uh, really good wide receivers, good to great wide receivers. Jamie's back here, so we'll bring him in. Jamie, we're talking about all the all the veteran wide receivers who had someone added to their competition, uh, you know, like the Seahawks and the Chargers specifically here. I made the point that great wide receivers, really good wide receivers, you just look at recent history, they're just not really affected by rookie wide receivers almost no matter how good they are. You got a guy like Tyler Boyd on the other hand, okay, he's affected. But T. Higgins, like T. Higgins had a great second season, even with Jamar Chase having a massive year. Adam Thielen had a great year with Justin Jefferson setting the rookie record, you know? Um, we did see at the end of that year, Jefferson started to sort of take away from Thielen, but it wasn't all year. Uh, but this is just so different. I, I don't know. This feels so different to me, this uh, this Seahawks situation. And the Chargers maybe as well. I, the Seahawks more so, I guess, because I feel like we expect Jackson Smith and Jigba to have a, pr- a pretty good impact as a rookie. But I don't know, Jamie, how, how do you see it uh, with those? Yeah, I, I, I think it's not necessarily that they're they're impacted to the level of they're not going to be good, but they just all get brought down. You know, so Smith and Jigba's ceiling definitely does not get anywhere close to where it could have been if he ended up, let's say, in Green Bay, you know, or, or a situation where, you know, there was going to be a, a, a path to significant targets. Um, Metcalf and, and Lockett, you know, they lose because we haven't seen really ever three receivers of this caliber in Seattle. You know, I mean, it was uh, Doug Baldwin and, and Tyler Lockett, then Lockett and Metcalf. You know, they, they've been trying to find a third guy. You know, they bring in Josh Gordon, you know, for example, to try and see if they if they had something there. You know, so um, it's going to be really interesting to see how, how it all falls into place. Um and that's why I like Jordan Addison the best. You know, I think just his path to, to targets is so clear and such a, you know, chance to be a significant contributor right away. So um, I, I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, Smith and Jigba makes a, a, an impact and, and really crushes one of those. Things. I mean, again, Tyler Lock's 31 and his best success, if I, if, if, unless I'm completely off base here, has come when he's been sort of playing a little bit more inside than playing outside. Not that he can't do it, but... Um, I think he's more on the outside now, clearly. So um, I'm curious to see how it's all going to work. But again, that's why I go back to Jordan Addison. I think just, you know, you see his opportunity is, is right in front of him. And remember with Lockett, I think it was nine, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. 10, 11, 12. Uh, fewer than 70 yards in 11 of his last 12 games. Something like that, with uh, including the postseason. So we don't know. If he's getting older and that was a factor, or it was just a fluke. Um, do you guys anticipate moving those guys down? Metcalf, Lockett, Mike Williams, Keenan Allen. Do you anticipate moving them down in your rankings? Keenan Slightly. Allen, no. Who's Mike the, Williams, yes. Who's the biggest loser of those four? Oh. Say the names again? The two Chargers and the two Seahawks. Oh, Mike Williams. Mm-hmm. And who is the first to get drafted? Because I think you could argue that Kyle Pitts and Drake London are losers today. You could argue that you know they're they're not going to they're not going to be pass heavy, <laughs> but they should be better offensively. Um, who's who's the first guy to get drafted? Metcalf, Lockett, Keenan Allen, Keenan Mike Allen Williams, Kyle Pitts, Drake London, Keenan Allen. Mm. I don't I don't think his status changes at all. Okay. 
And do you think yeah. that Quentin Johnston just doesn't really have much of an impact, or you just think Mike Williams is the one who suffers? And you know who? Another guy, who, by the way, could suffer is Austin Eckler, is he caught a lot fewer passes when Allen and very rarely that Allen and Williams were both healthy, but Eckler's target share went way down. Um, that's just another angle to this. But Jamie, what do sure, you, what but do you, think? you know, if they're more explosive offensively, he had what twenty-five rushing touchdowns the last two seasons, so you know that's not a bad place to be. Um, yeah, I, I to me he's 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 a big play threat, and he's going to help them on the outside. I just think that Keenan Allen is is untouchable right now. Like if 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 you're just looking at how they line up, how they play, you know what he what he's meant to them. You know we. we We've talked a lot about what DeAndre Hopkins did when he came back from his suspension and that stretch that he had. Keenan Allen, when he came back from his hamstring injury, was almost as good, if not better, you know, in, in PPR. He just is is so tried and true. Now, again, he's older and you might have to deal with some injuries. I, I just think that it, it's, it feels like when you look at it, and I know they're not the same, but it's almost like a clone of Quentin Johnson and Mike Williams. Like they're the same type of guy. Allen's been a top 13 PPR per game wide receiver, six straight seasons. Finished per game, top 13, six straight seasons of PPR. That's amazing. Uh, Dave, let's talk about the tight end. I thought there'd be two tight ends. Amazing that Michael Mayer didn't go to the Cowboys. Like, they're going to trade up for him. They have to. He's Jason. Jason Witten, Jason Witten, Jason Witten. Um, <laughs> yeah, so like, I, you don't, you're not really a Kincaid guy, I guess. But what do you think? I'm not. And, and I don't love the fit in Buffalo. Um, I, I imagine that Stefan Diggs is going to retain his role as the top target getter, big shockeroo there. And then it's going to be somebody different every other week. It's going to be a little bit of that chiefs offense where one week it will be Kincaid. And then the next week it's Gabe Davis because he catches a 40 yard bomb. And then James cook is used a little bit more in the passing game and he goes off and they'll just rotate. Khalil Shakir could be their slot receiver. He has, an eight catch 85 yard game, something like that randomly. I think you're going to see a lot more uncertainty and inconsistency among the role players in the Buffalo offense, provided that this is the last move that Buffalo makes on offense. They can go and acquire DeAndre Hopkins and that just blows everything to smithereens and Dalton Kincaid. Like you almost shrug your shoulders and say, why even bother making that pick? The, the thing that Brandon Bean said to the media is, is, I think, somewhat telling. And, you know, you just sort of interpret it from what the, the, the people who cover the team are saying. Uh, they did not use a lot of two tight end sets at all last year. And this is going to change that, I think, dramatically. Mostly because I don't know how much faith they have in Khalil Shakir. And so, but what it does is it keeps teams off balance in a big, big way. Because if Kincaid is, is anything close to a significant pass catcher for them because now you still have the speed of the two receivers that they play on the outside with Diggs and with Davis. You have now still a, a valuable commodity to them in Dawson Knox. And now you have a tight end that's a pass catching threat as opposed to a complete tight end. And so I, I think that it changes the look that Buffalo will throw at people. Now, again, we'll see how they use both of those guys. Um, in terms of how their fantasy value will end up, you know, coming across. But uh, this is why I go back to, I think Gabe Davis was a winner here. I don't think he's coming off the field now, you know, had they drafted a Zay flowers, a, a Jordan Addison, one of those guys, if it had fell to them, if that's something they were looking at, then I think he's a clearly a, a, a big time loser. And even Stefan Diggs would be a loser, but barring Deandre Hopkins coming to Buffalo, 
if this is what their pass catching group looks like, it helps the two top receivers. And I think it makes, you know, Kincaid interesting, but not somebody that I'm very interested in. It just, you know, crushes, I think, what Dawson Knox might have been. Like, he's now we're talking about this. I think he said he had him at 15. He was right on 15 for me. Um, would have been one of those guys, like, if you don't get, you know, you don't go great, you go late. You know, he's yeah. he's got the chance to be still, still a red zone threat. Um, but I, I just think that right now he's going to lose enough targets where he's closer to tight end 20 than he is to tight end 10. All right. Well, listen, you got, I think that I'm more excited about a lot of these rookies. So I'm just gonna throw this out there. Dalton Kincaid is no lower than tight end 10 for me this year. Oh, wow. Yeah. I mean, you're talking no about lower than tight end 10 as of right now. Yeah. Obviously look, it's, it's, it's April 28th. Yeah, things can change, but you're talking about Pat Fryermuth, Greg Dulcich, uh, Okonkwo, Najoku, First, I really love Kincaid, and he's older. And that, you know, first I thought, okay, he he was doing that at an older age. Maybe that's why he was just more physically gifted and, you know, developed, and that's why he was having such a good year. But also, I think that actually might help him make an impact as a rookie. And then you're talking about Dawson Knox, who I just don't think is going to have that big of a role in the passing game. And Kincaid is not a blocker. He can't block. Everyone knows that. He, he's, he's not in there to help the run game. He's in there to catch passes. Dawson Knox has been, on a per-game basis, in PPR— Tight end 10 and tight end 14 each of the last two years. I mean, that is a very low. But he's not coming off the field, though. It doesn't. I think he will come off the field because if they're running one tight end sets, it is not going to be with Dawson Knox. It's going to be with Dalton. It is Kincaid. because he blocks. Right. It depends, on, well, it depends on what they want to do. It depends on who they're playing. Yeah, they don't run the ball. So like, above all, Kincaid's going to be able to be just another chess piece in that offense. He's. I just lo- I just think he's gonna be I just think he's gonna fit in perfectly with them and they throw so many touchdowns. I wonder if he said the same thing about Hayden Hurst when he came into the league too, an older tight end. I don't I didn't say anything about him when he came in the league, honestly. But um, anyway, I uh, I have high hopes because I just think when you look at the guys who are ranked around ten through twelve, they're just whatever. You know, this guy's got a chance in a great offense. Gabe Davis is a deep guy. This is a guy that that could be second in targets. It wouldn't shock me. I'm put. I'm, I want him. I want Dalton Kincaid, and I want, what's, what's I want Jordan between, Addison. What's the difference between him in his situation this year than Trey McBride in his situation last year? Uh, well, I Which think is that Zach Ertz uh, is much mean, better than Dalton. Oh, a lot. You got. Uh, yeah, I think you're going to have much better passing numbers from the. Okay, well, a lot. Josh Allen better than Kyler Murray. You're going to throw for more yards and more touchdowns. You had the Marquise Brown, DeAndre Hopkins thing. You don't have that with Buffalo. And Zach Ertz. And Zach Ertz, yeah. So I, I don't, yeah, I don't really see a comparison there, I guess. Um, McBride didn't even really fit into what Cliff Kingsbury's offense was. My other point is that me saying he's tight end nine or ten. It's not really like that's such a great player, <laughs> but I think he has a chance more so than the other guys to, to, to uh, right, let's make a bet. I'll take Oconquo. You take Kincaid. Oh yeah. Let's go. I, I, the bet actually, the bar, bar, barring, barring Ryan Tannehill getting moved and it's just some sl- like if they go hooker or, or will Levis. Absolutely. I like Oconquo, but yeah, I got this. I'm going to fist bump on it. Psh, cool. All right. We're out of right. here. I, I hundred bucks. hundred bucks. Oh, Hey, <laughs> absolutely not. <laughs> All right. I'll do, you sounded really confident, Adam. I'll do 50 bucks to charity. Works for me. 50 bucks to a charity of our choice. Schaefer, you got to write that down. I'm going to forget it. Uh, I don't think we missed anything too big. Uh, if we did, we'll cover it tomorrow or the next day or the day after that. We're podcasting every day forever. So 
Um, we'll, we'll talk to you tomorrow after day two. Thanks to Dave and Jamie and Thomas for staying up late with me. Thanks to all of you watching live on YouTube. That's awesome. Please hit the like button and uh, have a great night, everybody.